Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Wow. Welcome today. It's so great to see you. And uh, if I haven't told you lately, I love you. I'm, I'm just so thankful that you are here today. I was listening to some statistics this week of churches, and uh, there's only 8% of churches in America, 8%, that are back to over 60% attendance. And we've been back to over 60% for several weeks now. So I'm telling you, we're in the top 8%, and we're continuing to pray. We're continuing to pray for people to come back, see this house full as we were almost getting ready to do a third service before all this happened. And we're just thanking God. And I thank you. And I thank those of you that are watching online. And uh, I, I know if you're, if you're not feeling well or you have a, an immune problem, you know, you want to stay home till you're safe. But if you just cut church today, I pray you have bed bugs tonight when you go to bed, all right? <laughs> Hey, we're in this series, Doors to Destiny. God's got some great things for us. And uh, if you have your Bible, let's make our confession. We always say this. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient. And I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we come to you today, Lord, and I stand before this great, great church and those that are watching online, and I just say, Lord, we humble ourselves before you, and we want to hear from you today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for anointing me because I can't say anything without you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd give me the words maybe I haven't even thought about or words that would not be the right words, that you would just check those in my spirit. We pray today that you would meet needs in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining and letting us know where you're watching from and all of our social media people back there, social ministry people are letting you know that you're part of the OC, online church, and we're thankful for that. So we're in what? Week four of uh, Doors to Destiny. And Pastor Tim did an amazing job last week, didn't he? As a really good, you know, it's great to come to a church where the church is not about one person. You know, some people say, well, if the senior pastor doesn't preach, I'm not going to go. No, not around here. I'm telling you, we got so many great preachers. And yesterday I was listening to uh, the ladies meeting. I mean, oh, wow. It, Friday night and Saturday. Listen, I'm not, I'm not yanking your chain or anything, ladies, but listen to me. If you missed yesterday and Friday night, you missed destiny. Now, I know maybe you were sick and you had to work. But if it's just that you just didn't show up, you missed destiny. You did. Now, it's not that we can't help you find it. It won't be the same, but you can watch it online. I started watching. I watched Friday night. I watched Saturday morning. Tim called, and he said, man, he said, this is going. I said, I'm watching. I can't even do my work. I'm supposed to be finishing my teaching, and I couldn't even do that because I was just so thrilled with all the testimonies, with the teachings and all that, and I was just so amazed, and, and it, just, it was just so unbelievable, the words that were shared, and uh, if you missed it, you need to go, and I just want to give uh, those ladies who, who uh, spoke or sang or testified, testified, whatever. Would you stand? And we want to give you honor today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And also, 
Pastor Tim said all the guys that were sharing, you know, do all the setup and do all of that. Man, it's unbelievable. He said they were out in the hall. It wasn't like other conferences where they're back there playing cards and drinking a few beers. But uh, <laughs> no, just, I just waking some of you religious folks up. But he said they were out there worshiping and listening and engaged. All of you guys that served, would you stand? We want to give you honor because of what you did to help it make happen. Yeah. Thank you. 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 And I want to give special honor to my wife, to Anita. She started praying a long time about the conference when the, uh, the, everything hit. She had a lot of people that she was thinking, Sadie Robertson, some of those coming as special guests. And then March happened, boom, boom, boom. Not even sure we're going to be able to do that. And I watched her lay before the Lord and pray and say, God, what do you want to do? And she had such a heart for you ladies. And uh, she said, I just feel like we're supposed to do something. She said, I feel like the Lord said, use the voices in the house. And, uh, and so I thought, yeah, it might be all right. Uh, Casey, man, you bless me. Wow. Wow. I could just, I could just see you all garbed up and in there when he had the COVID and going in there and casting the COVID devil out of your husband. Man, that was awesome. That was awesome. By the way, I need to tell you, Casey, I need to tell you, the Lord says to you, that's just the beginning. Just the beginning. You get ready. You get ready. Hey, our theme verse, let's say it together. Wow. Jesus saying this, I see what you've done. Now see what I've done. I've opened a door before you that no one can slam shut. You don't have much strength. I know that. You used what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough, Revelation 3 and 8. So we said destiny, let me remind you, destiny is the personalized life calling. Won't you read it again with me? Destiny is the personalized life calling God has purposed and equipped you to fulfill in order to bring him the greatest glory and achieve the greatest growth of his kingdom. I believe nobody here today wants to displease God. I was just thinking about that. I had my granddaughter this week said, you know, I just don't want to, I just don't ever want to displease you. I don't want to fail you. Isn't that a great thought to have? And I know somebody sitting here today, and in the midst of all of this worship, you, you, you feel like, you know, I feel like I've disappointed God. I feel like I haven't been who he wants me to do. I feel like I haven't done what he wants me to do. I just want you to know today, he's, he hasn't given up on you. That song we sang was a song for you because he wants to know, he wants you to know that that desire that you have, that I don't want to displease God, is one of the greatest things he can do to help you to fulfill your purpose and your destiny. Destiny is not a destination. People say, well, when will I get to my destiny? No, it's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. Now, I know we're in the fourth week and we said, okay, we want to step out and we want to fulfill our destiny. We want to do all of that. We want to prepare for that. We want to walk into that. And I know in the midst of that, as you start walking through doors of your destiny and your purpose, then sometimes we hit detours. Sometimes we hit roadblocks. Sometimes we hit hindrances that keep us back, right? Anybody ever happen that? And you say, well, what's wrong with me? Am I chopped liver? Am I not able to be who God wants me to be? I want you to look at this 
verse that tells us that the enemy is coming against us to try to keep us from being who we should be. Are you ready? Let's look at this. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11. Let's read it out loud. Keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same. Keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will leave you together on your feet. He gets the last word. He does. Does. Uh, two mistakes, C.S. Lewis says about the church. There are two mistakes the church makes when dealing with the devil to blame him, blame everything on him, or to blame nothing on him, right? Well, you know, it's just a, the devil keeps me from being who I am. No, it's just that you haven't walked through the door. You don't come to church, you don't tithe, you don't pray, you don't give. So you don't blame it on the devil, you know, that's your decision. But there are things, yes, that I step through. I'm trying to do my best, fulfill my destiny, fulfill my purpose, make a difference in life. I don't want to just exist. I want to make a difference. And then you feel pushback. You feel all of that. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to do that. So he sets up roadblocks, detours, and distractions. So today I want to talk about what are some of those, just a couple. Number one, here's one, here's a roadblock, failing to understand your purpose, failing to understand your purpose. Everybody has a purpose. You weren't created without a purpose. Somebody said, well, I don't really know my purpose. Well, I want to help you with that today because I think all of us say, you know, I, I do believe if God, the creator... Nothing was ever invented that didn't have a purpose, right? Think about that. I mean, this, uh, this phone had a purpose. It was invented with a purpose. The guys didn't just come together and say, let's just put this here. Oh, nice jacket. That looks good. That really looks good online there. The, the blue and the black. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So anyway, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so where was I? I was just saying, this phone has a purpose. And just like that, when God created you before you were ever born, Psalm 138, when you were still in your mother's womb, he, another scripture in, in Psalms, in, in Isaiah says, I have written in the book all of your days before you. Wow. You have a biography that God has written. It's not an autobiography. It's a biography. Before you were ever born, God said, here's what I'm going to do with you, Eddie. And he started writing that out. He started plotting the, the gifts that you would have, the abilities, the road that he would have for you uh, of how he's, he's got it written in a book. Man, one of these days when I get to heaven, I want to see that book and I want to say, how many pages did you have to tear out? Because I didn't fulfill those. But thank God you kept writing new chapters, right? You say, well, he blew it here, but let's start again. Let's write another chapter. That's what's so amazing about God. People may give up on you. They may, and you may give up on your own purpose, but God says, I, I didn't even say that in the first service. I never thought about that. A biography that he's written about you, and I want to fulfill everything that he has. Human potential without godly purpose produces frustration. You can say, I feel like I have potential, but I'm not sure what that is. If you don't have the godly purpose in that, it just creates frustration. Let me go back to that definition 
And uh, you might want to take a picture of this with your phone because you won't have time to write it down. But I want us to look at this, this destiny. Destiny is the personalized life calling. It's the assignment that you have right now, and it changes in seasons. Some of you used to be a CEO, and now you're retired. And you wonder, well, I guess my purpose and my destiny is over. No, no, no. You still have a personalized life calling. And God says, I'm not through with you. Some of you were a student, but now it's, it's different. So what is the personalized life calling that God has for you? And it changes during the seasons. And God has purpose. In other words, my purpose must be his purpose for how he created me, right? So I want to discover that. Show me, Lord, what is your purpose? And then he's equipped me. He's given me talents, gifts, and abilities that are unique to me to fulfill in order to bring him the greatest glory, in other words, to make him famous and to achieve the greatest growth of his kingdom. Does that, does that make sense? Ephesians 2 and 10 says this, for we are God's workmanship. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a real work. Yeah. Now, I heard that a piece of work. I didn't say that, Brenda. You are a workmanship. She was waiting to say that, AJ. She was waiting to say that. No, you are his workmanship. Just think about that. You're his creation. You, he plans you out. Created in Christ Jesus for average things, good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. First and foremost, here's his purpose for you. You say, what's his purpose? What's his purpose? What's his purpose? I'm going to tell you right now. Everybody has this first purpose. This is the primary purpose, to know him and to know him intimately. That's where it's got to start. If he created you, if he made you, then it all starts with me having a relationship with him. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross, right? So that we could have a relationship with God. It's in that intimate relationship. In fact, if you're going to boast about anything, here's what you should boast about, Jeremiah says, but those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me, says God, and understand that I am God. Your purpose was chosen for you by God. Now, a lot of people never walk through the door of their destiny because they think, well, I've got to know exactly what it is. Like, there's only one niche that I can fulfill. That's like saying there's only one woman that God destined me to marry. I, I disagree with you. But anyway, God gives us choice, right? He doesn't say, Chris, it is your destiny and your purpose to marry this woman here. Now, he blessed you above your pay grade and blessed you to a whole thing. You see, if that was true, if there's only one person for you to marry then if somebody got married and divorced, they throw God's whole calculation off. Totally off. You see, destiny is an assignment from God that is fulfills around my purpose. I was listening to a, 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 a guy between services. He's a professor at a, at a college in Illinois. And he said, when I went up there, they said, is your purpose to teach students? He said, no, that's not my purpose. 
My purpose is to reconcile people in their relationship to God. But he said, that just happens to be one way that it can be. You see, sometimes we get all stretched out and say, but you know, here I am, I'm a policeman or I'm a janitor, I'm something else. And how God, how can God use all of that where I am right now? He uses where you are right now in that faithfulness to take you to the next place because he's going to work it all out. Your destiny is weaved around that purpose. His name is B.P. Birkeland. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He was a millionaire, a successful businessman in Seattle, Washington. Uh, when you've ever seen the, uh, a picture of Seattle, you see the Space Needle. Well, that property where the Space Needle is built used to be his property. And he sold that. Of course, he made a lot of money. But years ago, when he was just a child before that, he had polio. And back then, there was no remedy for polio. There was no help. And after a, just a few months, his limbs started dwindling and crushing in. And uh, his family, as he began growing, they couldn't, his mother couldn't carry him from room to room. So she, she had her husband to make a wooden box. And she put little BP in that wooden box. And she would pull the little wooden box throughout the house as she would clean house. So it was in that box and it looked like that's where he would be. That, was his, that wooden box was going to be his destiny because there was no answer for polio. There was no remedy. There was no hope. But one day, while he was a child, his mother put a mirror in front of him, in front of the box, to entertain himself. And so when he looked in the mirror, he tells this story later. He was just a kid when this happened. He said, I looked in the mirror, and Jesus revealed himself to me. But he said, it wasn't just that Jesus revealed himself to me. He said, Jesus showed me that I was running. He said, not walking, but I was running. And he said, I couldn't get that out of my mind. And he said, my mother would drag me around in that little wooden box of my destiny. And he said, it's where people put me. It's where the doctor said, you'll never walk. It's where my parents said, you'll be this for the rest of your life. It's where everybody said, you're going to be in this wooden box. But he said, I remembered the picture that Jesus showed me. And he said, I began to rock the box. And he said, I turned it over. And he said, I started scurrying on my elbows and dragging my knees because he said, I was determined that I wouldn't be in that box. And he said, my mom would come back and see BP, get back in the box, pick me up, put me back in the box. But he said, I would ever take, I would just keep rocking and rocking. In fact, you ever watch how that in Israel at the wailing wall and how a lot of Jews, when they put the covering over, they, they, they do this. You ever, you ever notice that? You ever, you ever thought about why they do that? They do that because it's a remembrance to them that God is always a moving God. He's not a static God. He's always a moving God. The wall full of their prayer requests. But they're standing there saying, I don't see this request being made known. I don't see the answer to this. But my God is a God who's always moving. And he moves even when I can't see him. And I'm going to rock the box that I am and in because I believe God can do that. So he said, I would rock the box. And he said, I would climb over and pull myself up to a chair and try to put my legs in front of me so that they would work. But he said, they wouldn't work. And he said, my mom would put me back in the box and say, BP, you're going to have to stay in that box. You're going to have to accept where you are. That, that's all you are. But he said, I wouldn't accept that. I wasn't going to accept the limitations that people put me in the wooden box of my destiny. He said, I kept rocking. And then one day in his teenage years, he did that rock again and he fell over and an instant miracle happened in his life. 
life and he was able to walk, but not only walk, he was able to run and he ran for the glory of God. I'm going to tell you, there's somebody here today. You need to rock your box. You need to rock your box. You've been confined for too long and God says, nope, (laughs) that's not your destiny. That's not your purpose. So guard against these roadblocks. Number one, failing to understand your purpose. Number two, diminishing the value of your present assignment. Diminishing the assignment, your present assignment. I call it the comparison trap. Trap. You, you're, you're comparing, you're saying, you know what? I, I just, man, I don't have destiny. I, I don't have purpose. William, uh, William Wilberforce who was a a politician in England years ago. He is the one who passed the 66 different uh, declarations that brought the freedom to slavery in um, England before, way before we ever did. But in the early years of his life of wanting so much to please God, he said, I feel like I should leave politics and I should go into ministry. I should do that. Thankful, a convert, who used to be a slave trader by the name of John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, challenged him and said, William, you cannot leave politics. God has put something on your heart to bring freedom to a race of people that don't have freedom. And you'll never be able to accomplish that in ministry. It's going to happen in politics. So he stayed in that. You see, here's what I think. Well, well, you know, if I'm a pastor, if I'm a missionary, if I'm somebody, it's like, do you remember the movie Chariots of Fire? Eric Lindell, the young Scottish guy who was born uh, to Chinese, uh, was born in China to missionaries. And uh, he said, as they were getting ready to go back to China, he said, no, I'm going to run in the Olympics. His sister said, no, you were, you were made to be a missionary. You got to go back to China. Here's what he said. Listen to this. He told his sister. God made me for a purpose. He made me for China, yes. But he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. You remember the story. They were supposed to run on, the, on Sunday, and he said, I can't do it. So they switched everything around so he could run in another one. He won that race. Do you know where he was at on Sunday? He was in the pulpit of a church in London. And you know what? He talked about God and the purpose of God. Now, listen to me. Listen, had he said... Being a missionary in China is more important than me doing what God wants me to do. God wants me to run, and he wants me to run fast. He wants me to do that. You see, you may be a young person here, and God's giving you extreme ability in sports, and you look at that, and you say, oh, but I need to just drop out of that, and I need to be in ministry because that's where it is. No. What's God gifted you? Where is it? Where do you find the joy in the midst of that? So he said, he stands there, and you see, had he dropped out of ministry, he wouldn't have had the greatest, if he had dropped out of running, he wouldn't have had the greatest impact. Wall Street Journal in a recent survey said 80% of the general workforce is dissatisfied with their jobs. I think that's because we see this, this distinction between the secular and the spiritual. God values your work. Even when your product doesn't seem to have an eternal value. He desires that you will worship him through your work because worship him through your work meets the needs of individuals. He's created you with a a spectacular DNA that he says, I want you to be a conduit to provide for the needs of people. 
See, some of you are struggling right now because you feel like, well, I think there's more for me. There's more, and I'm dissatisfied with where I am. And, and the reason you're dissatisfied is because you built this thing up in your mind. The only thing that matters with destiny is that I can do something at church or sign up in the church. But that's not true. That's not true. God has gifted you and he's put you where you have to make a difference in people's life. And he said, you are a conduit of me meeting the needs of people. Imagine, imagine if everybody left the plumbing work and became preachers. Who are you going to call? Or accountants. Accountants are, are they're crazy people, right? They're, I mean, 25 cents. They can't rectify 25 cents. I'll tell you how to do it. You pull 25 cents out of your pocket, you place it down and you said, taken care of. But if you're an accountant, you know what you'll do? You'll search and you'll search and you'll search and you'll search. You'll wear everybody out. You'll search and you'll search and you'll search and you'll search. And when you find it, you say, whoa, I was made for this. I was made for this. So how, why do we think that because I have, I'm not in full-time Christian church work, that I am less than? People say, oh, you know what? I tell you what, I just love to pastor a church like you do. I'd love to do that. Be the greatest thing in my life. Man, just a, a, a great church about here. You know, you're in the top 10% of, of the nation as far as the size of your church. That'd be great. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Let me take you years ago. A little country church, about 30 people show up on a Sunday morning. And I'm sweeping the floor. I'm a teenager, sweeping the floor. But do you know what I'm doing? I'm preaching. I thank you, God, you've called me. You see me where I am. Nobody else can see me, but Lord, I'm doing everything I can for you. I'm being honest, and God, I thank you that I'm gonna speak to thousands. I thank you, God, that you're gonna bring me out of this cornfield in Illinois, and you're gonna give me, and I'm sweeping the floor. I'm sweeping the floor. I'm sweeping the floor. That's how I started. I started in such a way that when I got out of college, I started in evangelistic work, and I had, a, I had an overseer, a bishop of a state in Arizona, say, hey, we need you. We have small churches. Our biggest church is probably 50 people, and I was in Tennessee. Would you drive out there? If you drive out here and do that and help us build, I'll pay your way, and, and we'll take care of that. So I go out. I'm out at Prescott, Arizona. We're doing an outdoor meeting in the, in the park. I'm playing my accordion. The other guy with me, the old guy's singing a song. He's singing out a key. People are throwing quarters, throwing quarters, and throwing all that, and making fun of us, and doing all of that. But I, I did everything I had. I said, I'm doing this unto God. I I, this is what you show me right now. I know one day I'm going to do this, but right now you show me that I need to be faithful where I am right now in the midst of this. And I'm doing it as love unto you. So I kept waiting. I had to go from Arizona to, to um, um, South, Car South Carolina for the next meeting. And nobody, that's not good planning. So I kept waiting for him to say, okay, let me, let me give you some money to help you. I got zero Zilch, nada, nothing. I had just enough money. Gas was like 25 cents a gallon back then, AJ. That's before your time. I had just enough money to go from Phoenix to South Carolina. But I didn't have money for food, for a hotel. But I was faithful. Because I knew that wasn't where I was always going to be. I wouldn't be. So I'm evangelizing. And I go to this little church in, in Michigan. They sent me there and said they need help. 
So the first night I get up there and at the end of the service, after we had people saved and it was a great time, the pastor said, okay, our evangelist is here. Who's willing to take him home? We don't have a room for him. We don't have the money for a hotel. Who'll take him home? And I'm standing up there like this. Nobody says anything. I say, oh, don't worry about it. I got a friend who lives two hours and 30 minutes away. I will commute back and forth every night and make my commitment to you two hours and a half. Why? Because I knew one day I would be able to stand here and I'd be able to do what God wants me to do. Some of you right now, you say, I, I, I just don't know if this is my destiny, this is my purpose. You be faithful where you are. Do you realize that Jesus spent more time in blue-collar work than he did in ministry? 30 years working as a carpenter. Do you realize he never called anybody to serve him that wasn't, didn't have a job? They weren't waiting for something, but they worked and they served him. You see, you got to realize you may be a mechanic, you may be a doctor, you may be a policeman, you may be a builder, you may be a secretary or a CEO or an insurance agent. But I'm telling you what you do right now is equal to anybody in ministry, wherever they are. You are a secret agent. You are an ambassador. You're a minister of the Lord masquerading as a mechanic, a doctor, a secretary, a CEO. You've got a destiny to fulfill. And here's what happens. Here's what happens in that. God will create a platform in which that you'll be able to say to somebody, oh, God loves you. He cares for you. He's going to help you where you are. You see, that's why he's given you favor the way you are. So guard against these roadblocks, failing to understand your purpose, diminishing the value of your present assignment, and then unrealized potential. Let me give you a definition of potential. Potential is dormant ability, reserve power, Untapped strength, unused success, hidden talents, capped capabilities. All you can do, but have not yet done. How far you can reach, but you've not yet reached. What you can accomplish that has not been accomplished. Do you know what I have here? Anybody, anybody can you see this? What is it? An acorn, a seed, yeah. If you really look at this, you're right. This is a, beyond just a tree. This is a forest. This is an acorn. Potential. Now imagine this acorn grows into a tree. And this acorn produces more acorns. And some of those into a tree. And then it creates a woods, creates a forest. But here's what you got to realize. A mature, a mature oak tree will drop 10,000 acorns in a year. Just ask Bear when he's out there working underneath that tree and they fall on his head. But of those 10,000, the average is only one produces another tree. When I look at this room full of people and those of you that are watching online, I see potential. Potential for us to build the kingdom. But the problem is, a lot of people 
never fulfill their potential. They never step out, fall in love with the Lord. They never use what the Lord has for them. I hope that you will never forget when you see an acorn drop on top of your car and dent it in. I hope you'll never forget. That's a reminder from God. Will I hit a detour, a roadblock, or will I be who he wants me to be? You ever thought about this, Dennis? Yeah, Dennis, you. What would we have lost in this world and in the Father's house if you had never been born? Can you imagine that? You'd have missed your life mate if you'd never been born. You're sitting here today and you have such a low self-esteem. But what would we have missed if you hadn't been born? AJ, if you hadn't been born, I would have missed that, those brilliant words that you drop in sometimes that seem like are from a seasoned pastor. You know what? Here's how serious what I'm talking about potential. Many of you in this room, I know it was so in the first service, and I know it's in this, that before you ever got born, there was a struggle in your life with your mother. Some of you, there was a struggle in your life when you were just an infant or a child to try to kill you. My mother was 18. And she was pregnant with me. They moved from Southern Illinois to Chicago to get a job working in a factory. She's working at night, the night shift. She comes home one night, climbing up the stairs, and all of a sudden, a man jumps out of the darkness, grabs her around the throat, starts choking her. She said, I couldn't yell, I couldn't scream, but I knew that he was going to kill me. And I knew that you would not be born. And she said, then all of a sudden, he just ran away. I'd forgotten about that until a few years ago. And the Lord said, you see, the enemy knew you had a destiny and a potential. And he wanted to try to keep you from being born. Now, I want want to know, how many of you here, you had a tragicness? You almost weren't born. Or in the early years of your life, something came against you that could have easily taken you out. But you're here today. Would you raise your hand and say, would you look at the hands? Would you look at the hands? You don't think that there's potential in your life? The enemy knew you'd be sitting here. I had a whole different sermon for today. I hope you know that. Some of you are wondering why you were here. I had the sermon finished. It was really good. I had it saved, everything. And uh, I I pulled it back up and it wasn't there. Anita couldn't find it. And she preached it yesterday. So anyway, it's already taken care of. But then the Lord... He said, that was a good one. But somebody changed your mind and you came today. You weren't planning on coming. And the Lord changed my whole teaching for you. Because he wants you to know that what you're doing is of critical value 
for his kingdom to be expanded. And there's such potential in you. And some of you young people that feel like somebody told you, I never wanted you. You should have never been born. But I'm going to tell you, God knew you. He wrote in his book, your life story. And he put an acorn there and said, there's great potential in the midst of that. And you got to rejoice and know that. And I thank God for that. Amen. Listen, potential is not what you've done, but it's what you've not yet done. Don't carry, don't carry those songs to your grave that you said, oh, I I was going to write that song. Don't carry that book to your grave. Oh, I had a book in me. I was going to write that. Don't carry that invention to you. God gave you an invention. Don't carry that medical cure. Don't carry that discovery that God has for you, a different way of doing things. Don't carry that to the grave. Some of you, some of you, right now, the enemy has robbed you of your potential. And not only you, but you're robbing us. Because your potential has something that will make a difference in where we are. And you can never allow that potential to go undone. You can't do that. Wow. I just want to pray for some of you here this morning. I know, I just, I just feel like that there's some of you today that are saying, you know, I've, I've, I've messed up. I know God has a purpose. He has something for me to do, but I've just, I've, I've messed up. And, and, and I, I don't know that I'll ever complete that. I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. Where do I start? Here's where you start. You come back to this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Lord Jesus, I want to love you like I've never loved you before. Knowing you in an intimate way is more important than me fulfilling any destiny. Because you hear, see, your destiny is going to come out of that intimacy with God. And I just feel like there's somebody here today, maybe someone watching online, that you feel like that you've just gone too far away from what God wants. And you, can, you, can't, you can't see how God would ever take you back to that place. I want to tell you, he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He never gives up on you. He never gives up on you. So I don't know who you are this morning, but I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are in this house or those that are watching online that feel like that they've just gone too far away from you. They've made too many mistakes. But Lord, I just pray right now that you'll rekindle that dream rekindle that potential. Let them to see what you want to do in their life. Lord, I pray right now. I just feel like that it'll just never happen. Just there's no way that it'll happen. But I, Lord, I just pray that right now in your name, that you'd rekindle that hope, that hope, that hope in them. You'd rekindle that hope in them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. When I look across this audience this morning, I see some of you in tears. I see some of you in, in joy because the Lord is speaking directly to you. He's saying, this is for you. This is for you. This was for you. Think about that. God let me be so frustrated that I couldn't find my teaching because he wanted you to hear today that he hasn't given up on you and he hasn't pushed you aside. Some of you here today, you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You've become so disappointed with you. You've become so disappointed with you. Well, I haven't done this, and I haven't done that, and I haven't done this, and I haven't done that. But think about what you have done. And think about this. You're here today. Wow. That's a start. That's a start. We don't start big. 
we start sweeping the floor. We start changing the diapers. We stop doing those things. If you're faithful in another man's, Jesus said, I'll give you yours. If you're faithful in another vision, another purpose, I'll give you yours. And that's what the Lord is saying. There's somebody here today that are so disappointed in, and you're disappointed in God because you thought this is how it's going to all work out and it's going to work out like this and it's going to work out like that and work out like this and, and all of a sudden it's, it's been a roadblock. You know there's a difference in a roadblock and a detour? Joseph had a detour of a pit and a prison before he got to the palace. I've had a lot of detours in my life. They weren't roadblocks. They were just, I'm going to back up and I'm going to go another way. But I'm going to start with a passionate love for Jesus Christ. There's someone here today and you say, you know, I just wish I could do a fresh start, a do-over, a new beginning. I got good news for you today. Jesus wants to help you in that. Scripture says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I can never do enough to make myself be who God wants me to be. Before I go that way, I've just got to say, there's somebody here today and you used to feel like you had a real voice for the Lord, but you feel like that divorce, that voice was stopped, but not by yourself, but because of other individuals. And you've lived in the shadow of that for so long. And I just hear the Lord saying, you've never lost your voice. You've never lost your voice. Pick up an acorn on the way home. Just remind you, you've never lost your voice. It's still there. But you've been so wrapped up that it's not like somebody else's. He said, no, you got your own voice. If you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life, I'd love to lead you in a prayer today. Or maybe years ago, you used to serve God and you went to church and you got sidetracked by things. But you're here today because the Lord wanted you to do a do-over, a fresh start. If you're here today or watching online, you say, you know what, Terry? Today, I'd like to rededicate my life to the Lord or dedicate my life to the Lord for the very first time. Don't worry about what somebody else is going to think, what they're going to say. This is between you and your creator, your maker, who's already written in a book what you're going to accomplish. Would you raise your hand and say, Terry, would you pray with me? Would you lead me in prayer today? I want to make that decision. I want to make sure that I'm all right with the Lord, that I'm all right with the Lord today. Just raise your hand. Let me pray with you. Say, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Such honesty today. No condemnation, but honesty. God's still calling others. And he's saying, just go ahead and raise your hand and let me pray. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Others today. Boy, don't you feel the sweet, sweet spirit of the Lord? Hallelujah. Let me lead you in a prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for dying for my sins. I'm confessing today that I believe in you. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
You don't want to miss next week. You don't want to miss that. Get you an acorn, drop it somewhere, hit it on your head to remind yourself that you're a person of great potential. Aren't you glad that God loves us? Aren't you glad that he stopped by with us today? God bless you. Thank you for coming. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.